Good morning, today's staff is staff Yud Zayin. Um, we'll start from the fifth last line of Tez Zayin Amud Beis, 16b. So the Gemara, um, we were, I mean this is continuing on with that discussion, but if two people come and deliver the get, do they still need to say, Bifonai Nechtam, well Bifonai Nu Nechtam, Bifonai Nu it was written before us and it was signed before us. That's the core of the discussion. Remember, it ties back to part of the reason why do you need the declaration. Remember, the, both opinions hold, but the one reason is to verify the gate. Which means most likely, if that's the whole purpose, is just to verify, to verify the gate. Because you might not find Adim in this new town or this... Um, recognize the signatures. Well, then if you have two people delivering the get, you, you have two Adam around, so you don't really need the verification anymore. On the other hand, if the reason is lishmar, to make sure that the, to assert, to verify that the get was written lishmar, well, then you do still need the, verifica- the verification, the declaration of a um, Again, what makes it a bit more complicated is then there's an added layer of gezerah, What's the chances of people learning incorrectly from how you verify a get to how you verify other sharas? Even if you say the purpose of the get is to verify the signatures, if it's done in if it's not done in a clearly distinct way from other documents, you're going to get people might get confused and say, "Oh, look, by the get it was verified by one witness, so too you can verify this star of mine with one witness." And it will, and that will be uh, that's problematic. Um, so therefore, in certain scenarios, for example, where they don't say, where it's different people saying then again it gets too similar because you have just one person testifying to the signatures, and it's not clearly connected to the testimony on the ksav. So that's a, that's the. That's the thing where, in my mind, where it got most tricky is keeping that in mind, that gazera of when would you keep it uh, connected. Okay, but let's go into today's Gemara. So, Rabbi Barachana Cholash. Rabbi Barachana was ill. On the Kapei, Rabbi Yehuda Verabba, the Shailu So, Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi went to check up on him, see how he's doing. So, boy, me know whether they decided to ask him. Shlaim Shaviu gave me Medina's Hayom, Shrikim Shayomru Bafonainu Nechtam, Bafonainu Nechtam. Do they say, do they have to say it was written before us and it was signed before us? Well, Einshrichim, or do they not have to say it? So, Amar Lohem, Einshrichim. He says they don't have to say it. He says it's just the same as if two people came and testified that this woman was divorced, would we not believe them? Right, let's say there's this woman, no get, in Eretz Yisrael, and two witnesses come along and say, we saw her husband divorce her. That's good enough. So if you have two people bringing a get, they can no make problem. that same uh, verification. So Adahachi Asahu Ahu Chavra. In the interim, a certain Chavra, we'll discuss who that is, shot the Sharga Mikamayo and he took the the lamp from before them. He confiscated their candle. So Omar, now who were the Chavra? So the Chavras was a certain religious sect that lived in Persia at the time of the Gomorrah. I'm not sure exactly what ages I saw. I'll discuss it a little bit. It's a bit of a discussion. And I don't remember the English name for this sect. But we see them 
pop up in the Gemara's by Hanukkah, but they were they the, part of their religion and part of their belief was in the fire god, and therefore on their special occasions you were only allowed fire in their temples, and that's why they would come and confiscate. They saw them sitting and learning by candlelight. They're like, sorry, it's uh, it's Yom Tov today, you're not allowed, and they confiscated. So that was the thing. Um, that's who the Chavraim are. Quite a, I don't, a while ago I read up on them, they were quite an interesting sect, but that's like something like that. Where do they come up in Hanukkah? So remember there, Rav is saying, where do you light your Hanukkah candle? You're supposed to light it outside, where everyone can see it. Um, next, if you live in an upstairs, etc., etc. If you live in a dangerous time, then you light inside on your table. You don't light outside. So Rashi explains there, what's a dangerous time? When the Chavroim are around. If they catch you having lighting fires, lighting lamps outside of their temples, you're in serious trouble. So that's what it's discussing there, and that's these Chavroim. Yeah. So Omar, what did he say in response to it? says, Rachmana Oibetulcha Oibetulcha the Baresav. So he damaged Hashem, he said, Hashem, take us under your shadow, or at least put us under the, sh- the, the shadow of uh, Asaf. At least our brothers Asaf treat us with respect, unlike these Chavroim. You're telling me that the Romans are better than the Persians? But see, what does the possum mean when it says, Elohim Hevin Darko, Hashem understood its ways. The who yada is makaba, and he knew its place. One explanation is Hashem understood how the Torah works and how difficult it is to learn Torah and the challenges Jews might find learning Torah in Golus, and therefore he set up their place very carefully. Hashem knew that Bnei Yisrael would not be able to handle the Roman decrees. Remember, we see throughout our history with the Romans, they were banning Torah learning. Rabbi Akiva, you know, the ten martyrs, all killed for learning Torah and teaching Torah. So they knew they wouldn't be able to handle that. So Ahmed Vehigla was on the Babel, he took them to Babel. Sounds like it was much better for the Jews in Babel than it would have been if they were exiled by the Romans. This is before the Chavroim, this religious sect took over Babel, and this was after the religious sect took after Babel. Depending who the, the religion of the governing party is how the Jews uh, struggle or suffer. It's interesting also if you notice, uh, the Rambam, we always think of the Spanish expulsion from the Christians, that's in about what? 1498, 1450. Um, but the Rambam, or his, at least his father, if not him as well, had to flee... Uh Spain because of the Almohads, Muslim extremists. So it really depends who's, you know, living. It depends, you know, the religion at what time and how they treated them. There were a certain stage when the Jews were, I don't think they were ever well treated, but they were much more tolerated under Muslims. Um, there were large stages where they were, I don't know, second class citizens, but weren't persecuted. But that was. Um, but so here, the, they were fired, and it was actually fairly, it sounds like fairly comfortable for them in Babel. Sorry. Um, it was comfortable for them in Babel until these Havroim came and made their life a misery. Okay. The Mishnah said that if one, per, one witness says it was written before me, and two testified to the signatures, Kosher, it's 
a valid get. So Amar Rabbi Ami Rabbi Ami said, Amar Rabbi Yochanan in the name of Rabbi Yochanan, Lo Shanu Elo Shehaget Yoitz Mitachas Yad Eid Ksiva. The Nasu Kashnayim Alzeh or Kashnayim Alzeh. He says this is only where the person delivering the get is the one who's testifying to the writing. Again, you have one person testifying to the writing, two testifying to the signatures. This, that the Mishnah says it's a good get, we're explaining in the name of Rabbi Yochanan, that this is specifically where the one, the one who's testifying on the writing is the one who delivered the get. Why? Because then according to the Xerah Durabon, remember where the, the declaration of the one delivering the get is equal to two witnesses. And we have another two witnesses on the signatures. So it's like you have two witnesses to each part of the get, each part of the declaration, and it's valid. However, if it was delivered by those signed on the chasim, it would be possible. Alma, we see... That's strange. We see that when two people deliver a get from overseas, they have to say the declaration of it was written before us and signed before us. How do we see that? Because again, once this is the tricky point when I added in the layers and layers of, of the underlying the discussion at the beginning of Shir, um, if you say that the declaration is necessary, then if you only have one person, if you have two people delivering the get, and therefore you need them to comment on the get, and only one of them, well, let me just check on getting this right, I feel like I'm saying it the wrong way around. If you have two people who deliver the get, yeah, because once once you need both Aiden to who deliver the get to testify, well then when you only have one on the Siva and one on the get, you're going to create confusion about what's necessary for the testimony of the get. Therefore, you need either the same single witness of both or the same double witness of both. Again, to highlight the distinction between the, the, uh, the verification of a get and the verification of other documents. On Malay, Rabbi Asi, so Rabbi Asi said to Rabbi Ami, he says, Elomiato, based on this, you're going to have to explain the earlier case of the Mishnah, Reisha Diktani, in the early case of the Mishnah, where it says, Shlaim Sha'omrim B'fonainu Nechtam, Ve'echoroimrim B'fonainechtam, Posel, Ve'Rebi Yehuda Makshir, if two testify that they saw it, it was written before us, and one testifies that it was signed before him, it is invalid, and Rebbe Yehuda says it's kosher, the rabbis would declare it possible even if the get is delivered by two of them. Why is this? Since the get requires the confirmation for Lishma, since the get requires this declaration, yeah, let me go back a step. As soon as you say two witnesses on the signature are good enough, you're clearly open to the idea that 
all you really need to do is verify the gate. You're not worried about Lishmo. If you say two witnesses on the Hasimah is not good enough, that means that it's because you want the, or two delivery more than the Hasimah, but two people delivering the gate, you want the declaration, you say the requirement is Lishmo. And therefore, even if two people deliver the get, you still need the declaration, again, because they have to verify that it was written Ishmael. And since you're relying on the single witness for the Chasima, okay, because we had two witnesses on the, on the Ksiva and one witness on the Chasima, and that one witness is essential because you need it for Ishmael, even though you have two people who delivered it and they could theoretically tell you that it's verify the signatures, that's not good enough. Now, as soon as that one witness is essential, well, now you're going to get confused between that and the verification of other documents, because you need this one witness. So, oh, that must be the requirement for verifying documents. And that's why you would need both to testify on the Ksiva and the Chasima, or one to testify on both, again, because when you make the requirement for the testimony on the Ksiva the same, that where the form, remember Chazal made this formulation that the delivery person can say it was written before me and it was signed before me or theoretically if you have the two delivery people saying it was written before us and it was signed before us that's very clearly different to a regular verification because remember regular verification is only going to be commenting on the signatures not on the Xiva so so that's why Chazal formulated in that way. And therefore, any time you hold that the verification is essential, we get concerned that people are going to get confused with what's the basic requirement for, um, for other documents in contrast to this get. And that's why, again, when you have two witnesses testifying on the Ksiva and another witness testifying on the Chasima, and he's essential, if he wasn't essential, then it makes no difference. People can say what they like. It's like when we went to Basedin, you know, we had 40 people verifying that get. It's like, who cares? It wasn't, Basedin didn't ask for it. Basedin didn't, it didn't like follow any of the procedure. Like, it was, I don't know if it's exactly how it works, but, uh, you know, when you say objection, and they're like, okay, scratch that from the court records. So, you know, people just saying things, people just doing things, isn't going to think. But where it's essential, where Basedin require it, that's when people are, oh, there were two people on the Ksiva. Basin still required a witness on the Chasima. Must be, you need one witness on the Chasima and they'll get confused with other get, get it. So that's that way of learning. Now, so, so again, just the, I mean, the, at the core what the difference is, this version of Rebbe Ami in the name of Rebbe Othman said that you need, if you have two people delivering the get, you still need And remember, I mentioned part of the reason behind that would be because they hold you need to verify that it was written Ishmael. Um, and that's why you need, even though you have two people to verify the get, two people who delivered it, and you shouldn't really re require, well, ver verify, I mean, by confirm the signatures, and you should indeed. No, it's, you need Lishmo, so you still need to be told that it was written in Sahar Lishmo. Now, says Zimlin, however, sometimes, when he came across Rebbe Ami, he was sitting and he's teaching, even if the get is produced by the Eidei Chasima, 
It's kosher. Alma Kosovo, we see that he holds. Shnaim Shaviu get. That if you have two people delivering the get from overseas, you don't require the declaration of it was written before us and was signed before us. Again, this would be with the understanding that the reason behind the declaration is that you might not find Aden. Well, then as soon as you have two people who were the Shlifim who delivered the get, you have Aden around. So you don't need the declaration anymore. It says, The, the Mishnah's earlier clause, which taught that if you have two people saying it was written before us and one person saying it was signed before me, it's invalid. And Rabbi Yehuda says it's kosher. What's timer? That must be because it's not delivered by two of them. You're right, we have these three people verifying the get, but we don't have two delivery people. It says, But if the get was delivered by two people, the Rabbanon would say it's kosher. Again, because there, once you have two people delivering the get, the declarations are necessary. And that's like I said, you know, when people get up in court and say, look, there were 40 people, look, we had three people verifying this document and one on it, no one's going to care because it's not, it wasn't necessary. All they wanted was to know that two people delivered were instructed to deliver the get. So the Rabbana would say it's kosher in that case. So Amalayin, he says, yeah, your deduction is correct. Where you have this that the Rabbanon say, if you have two people testifying on the writing and one person on the signing, the Rabbanon say it's invalid. That's only when there's only one delivery person. Because then you need the proper declaration. Once you need the proper, proper declaration, well then you need it to be done. Like Hazal instituted, you can't have different people on the Ksiva and the Chasima. But where two people deliver it, you no longer require the declaration. So the Rabbanon would say it's kosher with that, with, with that unnecessary declaration. So I'm like, yeah, that's true. So then he says, but wait, sometimes you didn't teach us this. I last time when I came and we discussed this, you told me that if you have two people, I mean, this is what uh, higher up on the page you saw. What did Rabbi Ami say in the name of Rabbi Yochanan? It comes out that if two people are delivering the get, you do need the declaration. And now you're teaching in this late last year of discussion, you're telling us that you don't need the de- declaration. Like, Sometimes like make up your mind. So Omar Lay says, no, Yasod he shaloi tomut. This pshat is should is like a peg in the ground that won't move. I, this this is my revised position and this is the correct pshat and it shouldn't move. It's very interesting. It's, 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 it's such a fascinating point to say. By the way, he says, Yeah, you're right, that's how I used to learn. And I've revised my position and I'm uh, and this is how I hold now. Where there's a, you know, there's a this conception nowadays that when a poishtake says something, that's what it is, and you're done and dusted. And you know, how can a rabbi come out with a, a great rabbi, a great sage, is never going to make a mistake? Every single psak he says will be 100% correct. And what do we see? We see the great Amora, a great sage of the Amora, says, Yeah, how I used to learn was wrong. I mean, you can imagine the strength of character to come out and give your shear. I mean, he's not giving his shear before. Uh, <coughs> Regular people, he's giving shir to other Amoraim and they're going to analyze and debate and discuss everything he says. And he got up and he said his shir and they discussed it and he stood by his words. And then I don't know if it's a few months or a few years later when he was discussing this topic again, he had revised his opinion. It's a, I mean, firstly, his strength of character to, to dismiss what he said earlier and revise his opinion is one thing that's amazing. Uh, many of us struggle to admit when we made a mistake. And uh, secondly, just this awareness that, yeah. 
he learned Torah, he applied himself and he understood it in one way, but he made a mistake and he um, and he uh, admitted to the mistake. Even great people can make mistakes in their psyche and in their learning. We might even not call it a mistake because the first way was how he learned it and the effort that he put in and he did what was necessary, but he became cleverer. My grandfather has a shoe where he discusses a it's quite cr- critical of contemporary way of looking at how, at Gedolim. And he extends it. He starts, you know, our great sages says that they were born perfect and they knew Torah by the young age and they had the perfect middles and life was just about them being perfect and great. Says those. Says talk about that. He's talking about plastic people, real people, live life. They stumble. They make mistakes. But the important point and what makes our great people so great is even with their mistakes. They realize they make a mistake, they pick themselves up and get on. Um, and he reads a letter from Rav Hutna. It's quite a powerful letter. It sounds one of the students wrote to Rav Hutna and they said, you know what, I'm struggling. I don't think I'm cut out for becoming a great rabbi, but just struggling in Yeshiva. So Rav Hutna says, no, it's your struggles that tell me that you will be great. If you tell me everything's always perfect and rosy, then I'd start to worry what's going on. But by struggling, then that's where we see the greatness of a person is that. And he brings, he brings the famous pasuk, um, what's it, Shiva Pomim Yipol, I don't remember the exact order, but it's Shiva Pomim Yipol Tzadik Bakum. Seven times a Tzadik falls and gets up. So Rav Hutna says everyone thinks that the important point is that he gets up. That's what makes the Tzadik. He says, no, it's the falling seven times that are key to making him the tzaddik. Uh, you think that you think everything's going smoothly and straight, you're going to be a tzaddik. He says, no, it's the challenges in life that make a tzaddik. And then he brings, uh, my grandfather brings lots of examples with Gedolim. I mean, here we see it in the Gomorrah. He made a mistake in his psak. He brought, I thought it was a fascinating one, just because you have to really, really be holding it short in order to pick this up. It's some of the most complicated things called... Uh, of Sveik Sveik and his stuff. If you look earlier, the Grah, I don't remember the exact how, like many, if him, how many uh, paragraphs before, but the Grah writes and he says, yeah, he argues with the Shach on a point. He says, he comes out that the Shach is wrong. You see, money later, he says, oh wait, he realizes that the Shach was correct. He says, even the Vilna God, who you can guarantee when he applied himself and thought and had the guts to argue with the great Shah. He applied himself and very carefully did it. And a few things later, I don't know where, how it was written, like if it was I mean, written in one setting or it could have been a few years later, he revised it. And came out and said, no, actually the Shah was right. It's even the greatest of the great people uh, stumble and make mistakes. I mean, just uh, two more things from that letter of Rafutna and then we'll go on. Um, uh, the one thing he says, he says, what, you think the Chofetz Chaim was b- born never speaking Lashon Hara and speaking always perfectly? So Putin says, you must know the battles that the Chofetz Chaim went through before we, we can start speaking about him as the master of Lashon Hara and the master of speech. So yeah, to think that he just grew up like that is, uh, he actually uh, is uh, missing the point. Just, he fought and he worked and he developed himself so that he could direct conversations and not speak Lashon Hara. It took a long and hard uh, battle to become the great Chofetz Chaim. And then one thing he says, he says there's a quote in English, and he wrote that the whole Hebrew Sefer, and there's this one sentence in English, and it's like, it's, it stands out. But it, what's it? Lose battles, but to win the war. Yeah. That's the important. You've got to look at the bigger picture. You're headed in the right direction, and that's where these challenges come. Yes, yes then we would take. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> Also, also a thing that people aren't comfortable with. <coughs> um, 
the things I've heard people thug suck to not have to say, I don't know, or, you know, let me check it out, let me confirm. Yeah. You know, not even, it's not even big things, I'd like just to do that. Okay, let's go on to the new Mishnah. Um, we're now introducing a new halacha, this is the gate date on the get. So Chazal have a gzaira, as we'll see, at the get, first gzaira is that the get has to be dated. It also has to be dated the same day that it's signed. Because remember, you're writing the get. Theoretically, we could write it today and then go and sign it in a week and then deliver it a few days later. We basically, the get has to be written. We'll discuss why in the Gemara. Um, but the get has to be signed on the day that it's written so that the signatures reflect. The date in the, the get is also going on the signatures. And... <coughs> Um, and the uh, and we also seem to be assuming that it's going to be delivered on that day. He's going to write it, sign it, and give it. Um, he's not going to. But uh, but but very. So that's the regarding the date. Let's see. If it was written on that day and signed on the day, or it was written at night and signed at night, or or it was written at night and signed in the day. Kosher, it's valid. However, if it was written in the day and signed at night, possible it's invalid. Because so it's the signatures, we're going to do with delivery. Yeah, it is to do with the signatures, but like I said, I think we're assuming it's delivered on that day as well. But let's see, let's see if the delivery is necessary to be on that day. Um, but interesting, what, what, so why from day to night is a problem? Because remember, the Hebrew day starts at night. So if we're writing it today on the what we're about, the, we're almost at the 15th, I think we're on like the 13th of, uh, of Sivan. If we write that today to, and then sign the signatures tonight, they're signed on the 14th. And the date says the 13th. <coughs> says Rabbi Shimon, Mashi, Rabbi Shimon says it's kosher. Says you don't have to worry. Shahoya Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon says, Any document that is written in the day, but signed at night is invalid, except for a get of a woman. We'll understand why the get is different shortly when we understand what's the problem. What, why is it so important that it's signed on the same day? What difference does it make? That, that, that will do, that's the first point that Gomorrah is going to go into. If you think about it, like on the surface, it should have made a difference. So what, she turns out she was divorced one week earlier, one week later. I mean, we're discussing yeah, a day earlier or a day later than the signature. What difference does it make? So that we'll discuss well, actually, it's a muktam early, but with other stars, just to put it clear, and it will have ramifications. Why, whether I mean, in understanding the difference between Rabbi Shimon and the Rabbanon, is um, what's the problem if we date a document early? So I want to borrow money from you. So we write out a star, and we date. So I'm borrowing uh, a million rand from you, and we write the star. And then, a day, a day or two later, I take out the loan. I give you the star and I take out the loan. What's the problem with that? Is remember, when do the assets... The, my assets are automatically bonded to the loan. Which means that if I sell something to someone, so I have a mansion, I sell it, I then come to you to take out this loan, and I date the loan before the mansion was sold, when I, when I say I can't pay you back, you go and you collect the mansion. 
So that's why with other documents you have to be very, very particular with the date. Because again, if you date it early, early is the problem. Dating it late is not such a problem. But if you date it early, you're going to cause the lekuchos to lose out. They have no protection. So that's with regular documents. With Getay Noshim, Rabbi Shimon says it's different. Again, as we saw the Chachomim say, no, it's basically the same thing. So that's why I say, Itmar the Gemara says, Itmar Rimleimah, Tokinus Begitin. Why did they insist on a date, on the get? Now, so Rabbi Yochran Omar, again, this is before we're discussing whether you can date a drama or not. We're discussing why do you even need the gate on, date on the gate? What difference does it make? So Rabbi Yochran Omar Mishum Basachoisa, very shlokish Omar Mishum Peiros. Rabbi Yochran says it's because of Basachoisa, and Rabbi Shimon says it's because of Peiros. What's Basachoisa? Because of his niece? So, so Rashi explains it's where he married his niece. Now let's say there's a suspicion or she's going to be sentenced to death for adultery. He quickly writes a, de- a, a get and he dates it one day earlier. And then she produces the get and she says, look, I was divorced before I committed. I was, I was single when I was with that man it was before. So we worry that he's going to try save her. Again, it's not, I don't think it's unique to a basachoisa, but that's the person he's most likely to want to save. It's his sister's daughter. He's, it's family. He's going to, like, he'd rather, things weren't working well, he'd rather just uh, date it one day earlier and she's not going to get sentenced to death. Whereas anyone else, he's not necessarily to feel as close to try to save them if they committed um, adultery against him. But otherwise, so that's the concern, that he's going to try to get this niece of his off death. Rachel Lokish said, because of Peiros. What's Peiros? So remember... One of the part of the assets that a woman brings into marriage is what's called nixaymuluk. That's generally like land and stuff. And that what means the land actually belongs to her, but the husband gets full rights to use the produce. Now, at what point, when they're getting divorced, does the husband have to stop using the produce? Because remember, if he's let's say they got divorced in January and he carried on using the produce till May she's able to sue him for those five months of produce. So that's why you need the date on the get to know who the produce belongs to. So those are the, that's why Chazal, those two reasons is why Chazal said you need a date on the get. So Bereish Lokish, my time in the Omak Rebbe Yochman, why did Bereish Lokish not say like Rebbe Yochman, I because of Paris? So Omak Lokho, he will tell you, this is a new, uh, sorry, why did... It's not common that we have to worry about Znus. Okay, so there's not much chance that um, there's not much chance that you have to be concerned about this case where he's trying to save his life. Tosso's interesting point out it's not that Znus itself is not common. So it's that we can't really say. Sadly affairs are not uncommon. He says, however, what he's saying here is, remember, what's he trying to do? He's trying to save this girl from being sentenced to death. He says, the chances of being able to sentence someone to death for adultery are very, very difficult. Because remember, you need two witnesses to warn them and say, you know, if you commit adultery, you're going to be put to death. And what do they say? Yes, we don't care. We, and then the witnesses witness them committing adultery. So that's going to, it's, that's unlikely. What's the chances of that actually? You're right. So 
Yeah, so that's actually my flock is denied, but we generally, I think we do say yeah. Um, so it's so very unlikely to happen um, that you're actually going to be sentencing someone to death for adultery. So Chazal don't need to make a zero that you have to put a date on every single get to protect this case, to save this girl's life, which would be like one, one in a million. We know the famous Mishnah at the end of the first parak of Makos, which says, I mean, there it's my note, every basin who puts someone to death more than once in seven years, or another opinion, more than once in 70 years, is a cruel basin, because it's next to impossible for basin to put someone to death. Um, so that's Lo Shrikha. So that's why Reish Lakish is not going to learn like that. Um, it's just, I, I thought it was quite interesting that Tois was spelled necessary to highlight that it's, it's putting someone to death, that's the not-so-common thing. Znus, sadly, they can't say is not common. Rabbi Yochanan, my time will arm like Reish Lakish. Why does Rabbi Yochanan not learn like Reish Lakish? So, Kosovar, yesh le balaperos ad shas nesina. Rabbi Yochanan holds that the husband gets the right to the peros until he delivers the get. So, in a way, it makes no difference what date is written on the get. It's when it's delivered to the woman. And that's easy because remember the delivery has to be in front of Aiden. I mean, you can debate. Uh, you can, I don't want to, just because it will make it over complicated for where we're holding at the moment. But remember, we mentioned at the beginning of the Maseth, there's a machloikis, is it the Aiden that sign on the get that make it final? Or is it the Aiden that. Um, watch the get being handled over but either way it has to be handed over before two witnesses so you're never going to have a problem with the date you don't need the date on the get according to Rabbi Yosman again because he says when does the husband get the payros until until the get is actually given so now the Gomorrah is going to analyze their opinion oh now we understand why Rabbi Shimon says it's kosher. Because Rabbi Shimon holds, he loses the right for the payros the moment it's written and dated. And therefore it doesn't matter when it's signed. That's why Rabbi Shimon holds, if you sign the, the get a few days later, it doesn't matter. Because when, when, the, when she's suing the husband for payros, she says you had your payros too late, what they're going to do, they're just going to look at when the get was written, I had the date at the top. Yeah. So Rabbi Shimon, once that's the case, then no one's going to be losing out if it's signed a day or two later. So that's Rabbi Shimon. Says Elul Rabbi Yochanan, my time with Rabbi Shimon the Mashim. According to Rabbi Yochanan, how can Rabbi Shimon say it's permitted? Why again? What's Rabbi Yochanan's concern? For uh, trying to save his niece. So that does make a difference. Why would Rabbi Shimon hold this? I'm going to Rabbi Yochanan, leave with Rabbi Shimon, like Kamina. Says, no, I'm not discussing Rabbi Shimon. Everyone agrees Rabbi Shimon's concern is Peros. And therefore, He's not concerned. Says Ki Kamina, I live with Rabbanon. I'm saying, in Rabbanon's opinion, that are concerned for Paris. I almost the the Machlokes is who are concerned for adultery. I the Machlokes, Rabbi Shimon and the Rabbanon, according to Rabbi Yochanan, is do you have to worry for Znus? That's how he's learning. It says Bishleim, and now the Gemara says it other way, a different take. It says Bishleim, and Rabbi Yochanan handed to Ikebein Rabbi Shimon Rabbanon. Okay, well now it makes a good. Now we have a good understanding of what the difference is between Rabbi Shimon and Rabbanon. What they're arguing on. They're actually arguing on. Do you have to worry about uh, Znus? According to Rabbi Shimon, it's, you don't have to worry, and according to Rabbi Yochanan, uh, Rabbanon, you do. El Reish Lokish, my Ikebein Rabbi Shimon Rabbanon. But according to Reish Lokish. What are Rabbi Shimon and Rabbanon arguing about? Why do the Rabbanon invalidate a document that's written a day before it's signed? Yeah. What, like what they're arguing on, that they say it's possible, Rabbi Shimon says it's kosher. 
So he says, Pairi Demishat, Ksiva Vachat, Chasima Ike Benayu. No, the difference, the Machloikas between them is how do you treat the Prairos between when it's written and when it's signed? Remember, as we said, Rabbi Shimon holds, you go after when it's written. So therefore, as soon as the husband writes out and gets the sofa to write this get, and it's got its date on, whenever the wife is suing for Paris, they're going to look at the document and have it. Doesn't matter when it's signed. Doesn't matter if it's signed a week later or a year later, or I'm going to say seven years later. The key point is, she owns the payroll. He loses his right to the produce of the fields as soon as the get is written. She has no, she has no proof. She does have a proof because the get's written was a date on. Oh, so that's the proof, but he's got no proof that he only gave it to two years later. Well, it makes no difference. Well, firstly, giving he would have proof because giving's always before aiding. The question is, he has no proof when it's signed. Do you see that? Yeah. So according to, but according to Rabbi Shimon, when does he lose the payroll? When the get's written. So you have proof. You look at the get, you see the date on it. Remember this, the people yeah. who are writing the get are going to write the, correct, the date on it. Doesn't matter if it was signed a while later. From the date on the document is when he loses out. Whereas according to the Rabbanon, it's the the husband loses the right when the get is signed. Now that, as you pointed out, we have no proof to when it was signed. Although you do have witnesses, the for the for the Remember, that's when it's delivered. delivered. You're saying this, the witnesses themselves can tell you what day it was yeah. signed. Yeah. What day it was delivered. Okay, we're not discussing delivery. No. We're discussing signature. The signature. The concern here is that the, they wrote the get on Monday. The husband went and sold all the produce in the field, and then they signed it on Tuesday. So according to Rabbi Shimon, no discussion. You look at the date on the sale. You look at the date on the get because you go after when it was written. That's the and you can work it out. According to Rabbon, and you go after when it's signed, but now you're in trouble because there's no clear indication of when it was signed. Again, yeah, good question. Why can't you just ask the actual aid and signed on it? But I guess we want the document itself to reflect honestly. Uh, again, yeah, we don't want the document itself to. Pl- uh, we want the document itself to support the claims. And. Excellent document, therefore. Yeah. Well, so, so okay. So now we understand. Reish Lokish, we understand Rabbi Yosman says, But wait, we learned the other way around, as it was said, From when does the husband lose his rights to the produce? Rabbi Yosman says, From the date it's written. Reish Lokish says, From the time that it's given. And we just said above at the top of the page, Rabbi Yosman says, It's from when it's given. So he says, April, switch them around. The second one is, uh, was distorted. And that's not, it's saying the opposite opinion. Yeah. Abaye said to Rav Yosef, we're going to, again, we're discussing this further, but he says, Gimel gitim sulim, kosher. There's a, we have a principle that there are three gitim that are invalid, but if the woman does get remarried based on that get, the child is valid. Ah, it's a good get. She shouldn't, you shouldn't make a get like this, but if the get was given and she used that get to remarry, then um, she, uh, she loses out. So the one says, So then how do the Chachamim help at all? 
case. So, I think, um, so, so the sorry, just to go back one sentence, um, a buyer brings this case of their three get that are invalid, but believe they're valid. One of those is a get without the date on. So at the end of the day, what does the takona help? Remember, Rabbi Yochan says we worried he's going to try to get his niece off uh, being sentenced to death. If he wants to do that, just write the get without uh, date. And you're right, he shouldn't have done that, but it would be. Um, but at least it would be valid, but he had it. So he says, no, it helps because she's not going to be able to get remarried based on that. Oh, what, what's that saying? So Rashi explains, he says, um, since it's not supposed to be done like that, you're not going to be able to get a scrub, the, the agent of the based in, to write it out. He's not going to write it without a date because L'Chathila has to have a date. And so too, the signatories, they're not going to sign it without, if it's not done L'Chathila. So, so granted, yet yeah, it would be invalid. It's very unlikely to arrive at that situation. So my, what would be the halacha if he cut out the date, scraped out the date, and then gave it to her? Okay, so he gets them to write it with a date. He scratches it out and gives it to her now to get without a date that he hasn't had to involve anyone else in with the dating and he saves her life. So again, he can easily save her life. So what the takonu is, we make a, put a date on the get so that he can't save her life and now he can save her life easily. So he says, no. We're not considering such uh, crooks, such fraudsters. We often have this approach, and to be honest, it's a, as hard as it sounds, like shouldn't you take into account um, scoundrels? Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, we, like, there's almost no protection against scoundrels. They'll always find a way around it or you know something to uh, um, to get out of it. So that's why um, we don't have to concern. So Kosovo boy, Shavua, Shana, Choide, Shabbat, Man. What happens if they just wrote what year of the Schmitter cycle or what year of the what month it was, or just what day of the week it was. Oh, they didn't put the exact date. They didn't put the 13th of Sivan, they just put it Sivan. Or they just put it the third year of the Shemitah. It says, Oh, Malay, kosher, he said it's valid. Oh, Mahuru Chachomim Betakantam, what do the Chachomim, but then again, how do the Chachomim help with the Takana? Again, we were so concerned that this date would, the get would be one day out because then either he's going to be able to save her from adultery or the payroll's not going to be misappropriated. It helps to anything sold or if you committed adultery in the seven years, in the previous Shemitah cycle or in the next Shemitah cycle. Or, um, Etc. The Eloi Tamahafi, and if you don't say that it helps to a degree, but it's not 100% effective, it says, Even on, if you date the get, you don't know if the events took place in the morning or in the evening. So even on a properly dated get, you always have this area of, you have about 12 hours of uh, leeway where she could have committed adultery earlier or later, or he could have sold the Paris earlier or later. So you have to say, just to say, we're concerned for one day out. So to here, it helps for the Shemitah cycle before the Shemitah cycle. So in other words, very simply, we're saying that the dating helps the scenario. You're right, it's not 100% going to solve all our problems, but it helps. And it's effective to a degree. Okay, and we'll leave it there. Have a very good Shabbos.